0: It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes on 1071 W L I R F M Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone. To Breaking It Down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, a wonderful actress. Tyna Rushing is our very special guest. And you know her from so many great things. Uh, Ruthless, The Resident, The Next Level, Stranger Things, of course. Under the Banner of Heaven is her latest. And she plays opposite Andrew Garfield. And it's available now on Hulu. It's terrific. Uh, it's dark. It's uh, terrific. And also Amazon's, the terminal uh, list opposite chris pratt and that'll be released i think in july uh first first day of july maybe but anyway right. yeah, yeah just tyner thrilled to have you
2: Hey, thank you so much. Good morning.
1: Well, listen, you got to be excited about this. It's dark, but it's uh, Under the Banner of Heaven is getting a a lot of rave reviews and getting some, you know, anybody who's gotten a quick peek at it is impressed with the cast and you're one of the people that everyone's talking about. So how early into looking at the script did you realize this was a winner?
2: Oh, man, immediately when it was sent to me. So I I auditioned for it um, um, and you know anything with those filmmakers attached to it is something that i feel like most actors would want to be a part of uh dustin lance black i mean he won he, he won awards for his script uh, milk and um yeah, an oscar and you know we've got ron howard and brian grazer and anna culp and uh they're, they're just amazing people they tell important uh, beautiful stories and um this one you know maybe not um it is dark like you're saying uh it's a it's true it's a true story and a tragic one and um telling the story um is an important thing to me so i mean i was immediately invested in both the 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 story from the 80s the double homicide of uh, brenda lafferty and her daughter um but also in um the stuff that i'm directly involved with the historical the, the history of mormonism and um the, the true story, you know, that Emma Smith uh, played a really, really big part in. And I feel like that narrative is not often put out there. So I thought it was a great opportunity to get to, to do her justice um, and, and tell these, these stories that, that celebrate women's lives um, and, and show truthfully, you know, the hardcomings and um, the struggles and the oppression that they faced. So it it was a tremendous gift and an opportunity to to do her justice and take responsibility too, you know, it's not the
1: pressure of it. (laughs) Terrific though. I mean, just a terrific approach. What you're just saying there, what you just said verbally and mentally, and it shows and it shows in your work. I've always looked at your work and you as being somebody who takes it very seriously and put a lot of effort into your craft. Have you done a lot of stage
2: work? Yeah, yeah, I grew up um, singing and dancing and doing musicals. And, uh, yeah, there was always – theater was always a part of my life until about six years ago when I did my first indie film. And, yeah, I think that, um, you know, you have to really – you you're telling someone's story, right, whether it's a, a fictional character or a real person. And um, I think it's such an important thing to, to – adequately portray the human experience and all the ins and outs of it so um, I do take it seriously I think it's it's such a, a, a cool thing to get to be an actor and to get to play in that way and so if you get the opportunity in the job you know it's just like gosh you got to run with it really I always have
1: to be careful about stereotyping regions and I love the south to be a young girl in Alabama right? Um, The daughter of farm owners and everything else. Just to think of where you've gotten. And again, this is by no means saying that we don't have a lot of talent in the South. We certainly do, but it's a much harder road to hoe than, you know, most areas. It's not like you grew up in this major metropolitan area. You grew up down there. And I'll tell you what, if people were betting on you, and it has nothing to do with your talent, but if people were betting on you as a young girl, Hey, is this girl going to, going to reach the Heights when she's a woman? And And I'll tell you, it would be really hard for people to say, yeah, yeah, girl from Alabama. But uh, you've got to really (laughs) be proud. And I imagine that the area you came from in Alabama are just thrilled with what you've done.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks for saying that and for recognizing that. I do think that it's a harder road as an actor um, when there's not some sort of nepotism involved, you know. And and also, yeah, being from a, I grew up on a, you know, a a farm, right, A, a plant farm. And on a red dirt road. And, um, definitely, I mean, I feel so fortunate that my parents recognized <clears throat> this, um, this desire to perform in me, you know, from a, a early age. And they put me in dance lessons. They put me in singing lessons and, you know, they, they sent me to a great school where I was able to, uh, it was like 30 minutes away where I was able to be a part of the choir and do the little stage productions and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I, my community down there is, I think they are all really excited. And, um, and, and it's such a, a gift for me with the terminal list coming out specifically to get to show my roots because the character is also from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's been this like cool, really cool journey to get back in touch with like the most authentic part of myself, you know, this little country girl, um, uh, who just loved Reba McEntire? I mean, I'm still, I'm still so into country music and and all that, and I. Yeah but but gosh I mean when I was little I was just <laughs> I got made fun of for being a redneck you know by other Alabamians like how do you get made fun of by Alabamians for being a redneck I don't know
1: <laughs> that's unbelievable I'm just looking at some of the uh, I just googled you and I'm just looking at like La Caja Falls and I just can't imagine Alabamians and La Caja Sh- Fall going in the same breath it's 42nd Street you know all, all of this is but what a Career I mean you really I mean you should really Be proud of the career you put together it's not Only the body of work but it's the Quality within that body of Work is just tremendous Uh, you just Really yeah I mean I think the sky's the limit for you I'm not an actor But boy I appreciate good acting and you are Terrific and uh, If you can share with us Anything that we haven't talked about Anything that's going on this year I know a lot Of things are fluid because of You know where we're coming out of the pandemic and Everything else but under the banner (laughs) of heaven We'll talk about that as we let you go You know also about the work with Chris Pratt and We touched on it Please give us any social media sites Or any, uh, any websites that we should be following When we follow you
2: Oh yeah um, Well my Instagram is tynerrushing uh, Just T-Y-N-E-R-R-U-S-H-I-N-G Um, that's probably the best way to to follow me and and see what I'm up to. I kind of, I kind of have, um, mixed feelings about social media. I sort of, I'll take breaks and stuff from my mental health. I just feel like it's such a strange, addictive thing, but, um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to, to, to stay up with me. And, um, you know, I do have another show I haven't talked about, um, this morning, as I'm doing this radio tour um, coming out and I don't know when it's going to be released, but that's a show called echoes and it's going to be on Netflix with Michelle um, Monaghan. And um, that's one I'm really excited about too. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. And and the terminal list coming out July 1st uh, and then under the banner, you know, episode four, it uh, releases this Thursday. So we're, we're slowly, we're getting to that, that uh, I think there's seven episodes total on under the banner. So, we're getting to that mid midway point here
1: Uh, just tremendous Uh, listen congratulations once again on not just under the banner and everything else but just everything you've put together your whole life your whole career is just inspirational for sure congrats on all of that and thank you very much for being here
2: hey thank you so much for your time appreciate you
1: thank you tyner rushing everyone has been our very special guest she is a terrific actress. Uh, you've seen her in so many, so many different things, and um, you know, again, she's opposite Andrew Garfield in this new one, Under the Banner of Heaven. And we've had some of her castmates on this show, and it, she's terrific. And again, Amazon's The Terminalist. I don't know much about it. Um, she plays opposite Chris Pratt, and it's set to release on July first. I'm just seeing that. I'm reading this, and FX. um, under the banner of heaven, uh, obviously is out and it comes out. Uh, it's unfolding. It's a series, Well, they used to call it miniseries. Now they call it a limited series. And it's uh, l- listen. It's a good one. And a big reason why is because of Tyner rushing, and she is she's just terrific. But yeah, just think of where she came from. She came from rural Alabama. <laughs> I mean, she was a farm owners' kids. You know, her mom and dad. And this, I'm I'm just. Digging out now, uh, Ralph and Patty Tyner uh, rushing, and uh, you know they <laughs> uh, they're farmers. I mean, they're farmers in Alabama. I mean, and again, I you know careful not to stereotype or to offend anybody who um, you know farms for a living. But the last thing in the world you're thinking is uh, is that you are. Maybe I shouldn't speak for them, but I mean, people on the outside looking at it, anyone from rural Alabama growing up on a farm that is going to get to the heights where Tyna Rushing, you know, if you had to make that bet, it's a longer shot than any of the horses that we've seen run and and win in a big uh, long shot. It's a long shot. And the interesting thing about it is you just don't know what people have. A lot of people from Alabama make it. It's just, it is a much different road that they have to go by. But Tyna Rushing has been our very special guest. Terrific actress. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next
0: time on breaking it down. This is breaking it down with your host, Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to breaking it down Frank McKay here with a super talented guy I mean he is he is absolutely terrific I could watch him in anything he plays and he's he's got a lot of range a lot of talent his latest is the Ravine Peter Facinelli you know him from Nurse Jackie and Twilight and uh, a million things uh, Supergirl Fastlane, Lane etc he is absolutely terrific and I can't believe that the Ravine is any different. It's a must-watch, everyone, uh, If for, for no other reason, because Peter Facinelli's in it. Peter, how are you? Uh,
3: thanks for having me on, Frank. Okay. How are you?
1: Doing great. Uh, can you give us a little rundown of the Ravine without spoiling it for us? Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, I don't know how much... It's hard not to spoil it, but <laughs> basically my character Danny is best friends with Eric Dane's character. Eric Dane's fantastic in the film, by the way. And... Uh, you know they've been best friends for a long time, and then he's a, my character's a good guy, and and one day he snaps and he ends up uh, committing murder, and then Eric Dane's character is left with all these unanswered questions. Like I, I thought I knew this guy, and who was he? And and he goes deep into investigating my character, trying to find answers, and uh, and is left with you know having to find forgiveness. This is the one thing he has to find.
1: You know, I I see one of the names on there, and you can't help but be impressed. Am I reading this right, Leslie Uggams? And
3: uh, oh yeah, she's so fantastic. I was just talking about her. Uh, someone else, I said, you know, Leslie Uggams. She has such a great, uh, like like so like when you, you look into her eyes is like a massage for your soul. Like she just has a beautiful light, you know, in her, in her, in her eyes and just like when you meet her, she's so soothing and beautiful, uh, such a beautiful person
1: everybody I've ever met that uh, has had the pleasure to work with Leslie Uggams or meet Leslie Uggams is, uh, they say the same thing, almost like uh, the same type of feel, but when you come across someone who's uh, had her history and just and her experience, it's got to be exciting. Is she the type, and again, not to spend too much time on Leslie, but uh, is she the type to share stories? You got to kind of draw it out of her. Um, uh, did you
3: Did you? Hear no, any? she, honestly, she, you, she's not about herself at all. She wants to know all about you, and she's. She makes it all about, and she's just comforting and like, um, and wants it to, she wants, she's such a curious person that she's like, you meet her and she starts immediately asking you questions about you.
1: Yeah, just wonderful, Ed, what a career she's had Listen, what a career you have had and are having uh, Again, the Ravine is just the uh, the latest And it's uh, it's coming out in theaters And that's a nice thing to say I, I think the last time I spoke to you We couldn't uh, say things like that Because nobody was going to theaters How are you feeling? Yeah. Are you getting back into the, the groove? Is there still like one foot, you know, uh, uh, on the banana peel type feel? Uh, or do you, think we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, do you think we're past it?
3: Well, I'm hoping we're past it. You know, you never know if they're going to all of a sudden shut the doors again all around. But it feels like we're getting back into the swing of things. And uh people are, you know, slowly heading out into the world again and just being cautious and careful. And I think the vaccines help, Um you know, make people feel safer. And, and uh yeah, I think on film sets, it's gotten, we still test. I just finished a film in England. And we test every two days or three days. And we're just very, very careful when we're filming, you know, because people's lives are in your hands. You, you know, it's, uh, it's still, still could be deadly. So you got to be careful.
1: Now, if you're just joining us uh, just a reminder a wonderful actor a very talented guy with a lot of range Peter Facinelli is our very special guest thrilled to have him here and the ravine is his latest and you could start seeing that in a day from now tomorrow you could start seeing it tomorrow and, uh, and be streaming and see it theatrically and uh, just uh, absolutely wonderful do you have a, a ritual for the day of release or is there too much going on in your life and you just don't you don't get into that do you have a have family and friends over to to watch it do you sneak into a theater do you have any kind of uh, set plan either for for tomorrow for the ravine or what uh, do you do it uh, in general do you usually make a big deal out of it
3: not really because by the time the movie comes out you've seen it I've seen it a handful of times have been to certain screenings and festivals or uh, so, so now it's more about giving it over to an audience, you know, and you hope that they enjoy it. It's a, it's a gift to, to, the, to the, to the audience. You just kind of give it over to them.
1: Yeah, I know a couple of people, though, they like to sneak into the theaters. A lot of the filmmakers, a lot of the directors like that. They like to kind of sneak in and I I shouldn't say a lot, but many, many directors that I've spoken to are filmmakers and they want to kind of blend into the crowd and see what's going on. It's different. Acting, I got to believe, right, is is much different because you're, you know, you have seen it a million times or you've it it Mm. might even be painful to watch uh, everybody's reaction to every moment. But it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. (laughs) Uh,
3: what uh what yeah else? I mean I think I think sometimes I mean I've seen it with audiences before and it's it's a very moving film so so it's interesting to watch it with an audience but because I've seen it so many times with the audiences like I don't think I'll I'll go to the theater this this time around but um but I do hope that people go check it out cuz it is it is a moving film and it's based on it's inspired by two events too
1: Well listen everyone Everyone's got to check out The Ravine. Again, Peter Facinelli here with us, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Peter Facinelli. Uh, Peter, what else is going on in your life before we let you go and got you for another minute? Uh, you know, let us know. And, and again, I know things are fluid because of still still the COVID situation out there, but what else is on the agenda for this year and what's coming up for you?
3: I just finished two films, uh, one called On Fire, which is a, a movie about a, a- family who's uh, caught in a, in a wildfire and uh, which is very poignant for what's happening in today's world with all, all these fires that are happening in the world. And then, um, and then another film I did, which was a period piece. It was a lot of fun. World War One period drama called Can You Hear Me? And I shot that in England and those are in post-production right now. So they'll probably be out sometime next year. And I have a film called The Unbreakable Boy that I also produced and uh, acted in alongside Zachary Levi that comes out later this year. And that's uh, uh, Lionsgate releasing that, so that should be in, in, in theaters across the U.S. Um, so, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff going on. And then, and then I'm also directing, too, so have a couple of films that I'm attached to direct.
1: Listen, we can't wait to talk to you about them as well. Uh, Peter Faccinelli, congratulations not only on the ravine uh, coming out tomorrow, but uh, on everything. What a career you're putting together. And and every time I I get a chance to talk to you, I'm always impressed with always something big coming up and coming on. Great career and still going strong. Uh, Peter, thank you very much for being here. Uh, Social media. uh, If you have any social media uh, sites or websites, let us know.
3: Yeah, I'm on that at Peter Facinelli on Instagram and on uh, Twitter as well.
1: Peter, thank you very much for being here.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Frank. Good to to talk to you again.
1: Peter Facinelli, everyone. The Ravine is the name of the film, and Leslie Uggam's in there. How about that? Leslie Uggam's from Roots and everywhere else, but what a career uh, she's had. But Peter Facinelli, let me tell you, Nurse Jackie and Twilight, I mean, he's really put together a nice career and it's it, look it's uh, it, it's going strong he just mentioned all the different things that he's doing and, and directing and we get him i don't know every year or so we get a conversation with peter uh, it's just it, it's terrific to catch up on people it's also terrific that we're getting back to some normalcy and people are able to go out to theaters people are able to talk about something other than the the pandemic and you know, for like two years, I mean, we were we were kind of trapped, and it's just a you know it was it was a depressing time. And when you spoke to people, you know, people were trying to be positive. I certainly was trying to be positive, but it's it's a lot easier to look on the bright side when when you don't have that hanging over you. So. When, you know, guy comes out and, and he's uh, got a film out at this point now, we could talk about something other than the fact that you, you know, were you worried that you got COVID? Were, you, were your castmates, uh, were they worried about it? Was the director uh, treating it any different? So, uh, again, the, the questioning changes and we can get back to, you know, the films and we can get back to people's careers and we love to celebrate everyone's success and you know he's a guy who has a lot of it uh, we'll talk to him i'm sure when he uh, when he comes out with the uh, films that he's directing uh he does a lot of things very well but peter facinelli has been our very special guest frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking it down
0: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down gabrielle dennis is our very special guest frank mckay here with uh, the star of so many great things she's been absolutely terrific she's built an amazing career for herself and it's just still going strong the sky's the limit with gabrielle and a black lady sketch show is upon us and that's season three of hbo's emmy winning sketch comedy series it's terrific big reason why is gabrielle gabrielle how are you
4: I'm great. How are you
1: today? I'm doing wonderful, and uh, if you can, give a little bit of a teaser without, without spoiling, of course. What do we have to look forward to? You know, just lots of
4: laughs, lots of... What what people have been pinning us is, like, it's the range, you know, between the singing, the dancing, the acrobats, the guest stars, the the range of comedy from playing aliens to, you know, uh, period pieces and uh, werewolves. We just kind of do everything. So it's it's just a lot of fun to just kind of go in that world and that, that magical space that Robin Dee's created for us and just have a lot of fun playing, and, and the audience goes on the ride with us.
1: Did you grow up with SNL and In Living Color? Did you like to sketch comedy shows on TV?
4: Oh, absolutely! I, I I was a big Martin Lawrence fan, which I thought I was Martin Lawrence growing up. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, obviously watched *In Living Color* and *SNL*. Um, you know, a huge fan of of all of the the, the big stars that came out of *In Living Color*. Um, and a lot of them obviously were male, with the exception of the amazing Kim Wayans, who we had on the show. And I've just been collecting my uh, my. Uh, collection of (laughs) in Living Color castmates that have come on our show. Um, So I've I've got four, three so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen. It's uh, for good reason. Your show is absolutely terrific, and it is. Uh, it gets rave reviews every time it's out. People, you know, they used to call it coffee time banter or water cooler talk, and they said that about uh, Seinfeld. You can certainly say that about your show. People will talk about sketches that uh, that are there. You've got to be happy with that with how this whole thing has developed in the first couple of seasons, at least. Is it much different than what you expected it to be like when you first came upon this idea and its first. Uh, presented in your mind, is this pretty much how you expected it to go?
4: You know what? I just always knew it was going to be something very special. It was the first of its kind. It's still currently the only one of its kind, um, where you know the show was created by a black woman, all the writers and directors, black women full black women um, core cast. Um, so it's just fun to kind of see. Even though I grew up with sketch comedy, like I said, comedy has been such a male-dominated space. So it's just nice to see us be able to do things that men haven't been able to do and those stories that we haven't been able to see told. So it's a lot of fun, but it is a lot of work. I don't think people realize how much goes into sketch comedy because we don't shoot on a a stage like a traditional sketch. We're basically shooting short films, and we have different locations and a huge uh, production value and all of those things. So there's a lot that goes into it. So it's a lot more hard work than I probably thought I was signing up for. Um, and then when you throw the pandemic in the mix, you
1: know it's a yeah. lot. But and especially as a
4: dermatologist, but um, you know we got through it. We pushed through
1: it and it great it safe. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I lost you for a split second there, but uh, you know it's interesting. You started out by mentioning Martin Lawrence, and I, he's so so brilliant on his feet. You know, as a comic and a comedian and. Everything that he's done there—it's got to be interesting, and there's got to be a sense of pride that there's all young women and young men, you know, I'm sure across gender that are watching what you ladies are doing on a black lady sketch show and saying, "Wow, this is this is maybe what I want to do. This is something that I can do." And if they see you doing it, as you mentioned, Kim Wayans may have been the uh, the one person that you can point to and said, "Boy, she's doing this at a very high level." But I would imagine there's a sense of pride. That you and your co-stars have in knowing that there's young people, men and women, you know, young, young men or young boys, young girls watching you and being inspired by this.
4: inspiring to uh, people that are trying to get into that comedic space, not only in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. Um, We're doing something new and fresh, and I can't wait 5, 10, 15 years from now to see the people that were inspired and are going to be in an interview like me and talking about, you know, someone on our cast that kind of inspired them or the show in general. Um, You know, because I, I hope that a black lady sketch show is an institution that's going to just go on and on and on for years and years, like an SML, you know, um, and just you know, breathe new comedic stars. And I think that's kind of the goal is just to give opportunities and just let a light shine on such a such a magical and fun, funny space and world.
1: Uh, Gabrielle, you mentioned the the pandemic and it shut down. I'm a, I'm a germaphobe too, so you know, I was I got <laughs> I got a lot done, but it was in my house, it was in my car, it was away from it was away from people, and I. I do radio. It's a little different. Uh, But coming out of that, even now, how fluid is your schedule? Is it set in concrete yet? Or is is everything still somewhat fluid because of uh, our situation that we're dealing with in real life?
4: Well, no, I mean, we, 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 luckily, I'm not the only germaphobe in my cast or on my show. So from top down with Robin Beattie being very, very much so the same, um, we were very much, uh, taken care of and everything was extremely, extremely cautious. Some may consider it overcautious, but we were tested daily. Um, we, we went through a whole, you know, the, the way that the union has now divided up the entire crew into different. Zones, you know. So you, you, there's masks, there's shields, there's all these things that are going on, and it's it kind of third, you know, like I guess kind of apocalyptic when the first uh, season we worked during it, because you know you're riding down the streets of Los Angeles. There's no traffic because everyone's home and everyone's you know in a lockdown, and then you're going to be sets and it's just kind of eerie. And then you have to get tested and you go through all these stages of of filling out paperwork and making sure you you know answer the right questions. To, to get cleared. And then you finally get to stage and it's like, okay, be funny. And it's like, but wait, I just, I just felt like I just survived, you know, all of these phases. But for us, it was also very therapeutic and it was very much so a needed release to, even in those, you know, 10 hour days or whatever, to have a separation from all the chaos and the crazy. And what kept us going was knowing that on the other side of this, that this pandemic would eventually come to an end. But we were working on something that would also help other people have a release from all of the stressors in life. So that's, that's I think, just most goals of all comedians is just to bring people joy. Um, And then if you can make them think along the way, great. But it's, ultimate goal, just to kind of bring peace and some joy and a a, a, a few moments of um, escape from the craziness that we live in, you
1: know? Well, Gabrielle, uh, not only congratulations on a a Black Lady Sketch Show, but your whole career has just been terrific. The sky's the limit with you. Uh, If you can, leave us with a website or a social media site where people can follow along with what you're doing.
4: Absolutely. They can follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle underscore Dennis. And on Twitter, I'm just Gabrielle Dennis. G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E. Dennis like the menace, my mom used to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gabrielle, thanks for being here.
4: Thanks for having me, Frank.
1: The Emmy Award winning sketch comedy series, A Black Lady Sketch Show, is back. Third season. And it is, uh, it is upon us. And again, uh, HBO has a winner with this. And uh, you know, as she said, as Gabrielle Dennis uh, mentioned, and you know, she she spoke about this. Uh, she didn't have a lot of uh, role models to look up to that were female, and now they do. A black lady sketch show, and I imagine that's that's something the creators wanted, and the folks that are involved uh, be behind the scenes and in front of the camera, all. I hoped uh, to to have and obviously it's it's money it's about making money it's about having success and making good comedy and they do all of that but uh, maybe we have a new brand of comedy and cast of women that are um, going to appeal uh, to other people and maybe like she said 15 years from now you're gonna start seeing and hearing about those young people that are inspired by a black lady sketch show. She's terrific, Gabrielle Dennis, and she is, uh, you know, a very talented lady. Uh, she's in so many uh, different things. She played Whitney Houston and in, in something a short, uh, short-lived. Uh, show, but I thought she was terrific as Whitney, and uh, she's uh, listen. She's done a lot of things, you know, a you know, tremendous amount of um, acting and comedic acting in her life. She's uh, you know multi hyphenated artist, and she's a dancer, actress, singer, and you know goes way back to the age of four. And I mean, she she's one of those people who wanted to be an entertainer from a very young age. Uh, Frank McKay here once again, our very special guest has been Gabrielle Dennis, and her latest is the third season of a Black Lady Sketch Show. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
0: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone breaking it down. Frank McKay here with the one and only Dr. Ian Smith. Tremendous. Every book that this man has is terrific. And he always seems to have a new book. I've got a collection like you wouldn't believe at home. And again, his latest is Plant Power. Every time this man talks and he talks about health, you got to stop and you got to listen and you got to read this book. Perfect for Mother's Day. Perfect for Father's Day coming up. Plant Power is the name. Dr. Ian Smith, how are you?
5: Great, man. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, listen, thrilled to have you as always. Give us a little rundown. Give us a uh, little preview of the book.
5: Sure. Listen, I am a big meat eater like most people. I love red meat. I love steak. I love burgers. I love brisket. But I also realize that there are some health consequences when you overconsume too much red meat. And I also realize that there are powers in eating more plant-based foods. But I don't want to be a full vegan or vegetarian, so there's nothing against those who want to be there but i would like to be somewhere in the middle and i think that most americans are in that middle ground so plant power is a four-week plan that helps people slowly, not dramatically, but slowly reduce your red meat and other type of meat consumption and slowly increase your plant-based food consumption. And it happens over four weeks so that you can get used to it and it it can become more of a lifestyle. Now, I did it myself, and i got to tell you, the results were amazing. My energy level was wonderful. I was sleeping better. I was thinking better. My mood was better. And I have a Facebook group, which is called Plant Power, the title of the book, And people who are listening should definitely join our group because I'm in there helping people every day go through the plan. But the people in the group, before the book even came out, I gave them the plan. They lost between 10 and 12 pounds on average in four weeks. But not only that, which is an important number, they also lowered their blood pressure. They lowered their cholesterol. They were coming off their medications or having their medications. So they found a a real globally impactful result with eating more plant-based foods. And once again, it's not totally giving up your meat and your dairy and your seafood. So that's what plant power is all about. It's to encourage people to eat a little healthier, to do everything in moderation. There are great recipes in the book, over 20. One of my favorite is on page 214 called the spicy Thai veggie stir fry. But there are also snacks. I'm a big believer in snacks because I think snacks help prevent you from overeating when you actually get to your final meal. Uh, And so I really believe this is a program that most people are going to enjoy because it's doable, it's affordable, and very accessible.
1: Uh, Dr. Smith, you always seem to have a a way of turning a phrase that turns into something that we could remember that's going to help us health-wise and diet-wise and so forth. Right on the cover, you say, flip your plate change your weight. It's a great cover, by the way. The, the burger is kind of flipping the the bun over and the uh, vegetables you can see coming out. Top, just a, give an explanation on that. Flip your plate, change your weight, just for me at least.
4: Well,
5: here's the issue. The issue is that most people, I think, are right now consuming about 70% of animal-based foods and only 30% plant-based food when you look at the ratio probably over the course of the day. I want to flip that ratio. I want to flip the plate. I want you to be 70% plant-based and 30% animal-based. And by the way, when you get to 30% percent animal base, most people say, wow, I'm not missing meat at all. I'm still having plenty of it. Uh, and so that's the idea behind the four, four weeks is to flip those ratios, to flip your plate so that you are having more of those plant-based foods. And uh, people are also learning that some of these plant-based recipes are unbelievable. The flavors are great. Uh, uh, they, they're filling. But people have to also learn how to cook vegetables. I think people just boil vegetables and throw it on the plate and expect you to enjoy it. No, you got to roast vegetables, you got to season them well, and the book gives people recipes, and there are tons of recipes online or in my Facebook group, Plant Power, to help people. But I think that once people realize, wow, they can truly enjoy a lot of these vegetables and it can taste just as good, if not better, than a meat dish, then they will want to stick to it.
1: Are we getting better as a society on our eating does it just seem that way to me obviously uh, we see we look all over and we see obesity and we see folks myself included that need to lose a couple of pounds and they need to uh get it together uh, but are we getting better are we getting worse are we staying the same or is it just a new new set of uh information that we need to process how are we as a society handling our food
5: I think we're getting better, actually, and I think that what you're seeing now with all these different trends, all these different health trends, is that consumers or we, the general public, we are saying that we want better food. We want better food that's also affordable, you know, and I think that all the different things you're seeing in manufacturers and restaurants, and all these food companies, you're seeing them offer a lot healthier options because we, as a public, we are demanding it because we understand the importance of food and our overall health and our life expectancy and being able to hold off disease. Listen, as we get older, people don't want to struggle with heart disease and and, and type 2 diabetes and having, you know, uh, limbs amputated and toes amputated. People understand the severity of it and so people are now saying, listen, it starts at the kitchen table. We have to eat better in order to hold off many of these diseases. We also have to move better, uh, which is why I advocate people do some type of physical activity four times a week. Hopefully, it's moderate intensity for 30 minutes on average. You can break it up 15 in the morning, 15 at night. But I think that we are getting better. I think we're becoming more cognizant of the need to eat better and move better. And I think we're demanding it of those who supply us uh, with our important food.
1: Do you have any... Uh, quick suggestions or fast food, I hate to use the term fast food, uh, suggestions where we could follow plant power, are there options that we can stay true to the seventy thirty out there that we could either drive through or just run into real quick?
5: You can go to almost any fast food chain right now, and you can get a salad with a protein on top of it, whether it's chicken or seafood, and have them slice you know, or dice some chicken or seafood on top of it, and that is a perfect way. Most of the meal will be plant-based, but you're also going to have some animal-based product, and I think you can find that, like I said, in almost any fast food chain. That is a perfect order.
1: Uh, Doctor Smith, you you mentioned in the morning 15 minutes moving in the morning, 15 minutes at night. Do you prefer that, or are you saying that for our sake, where, uh, you know, to make it more convenient for us? Do you prefer us? Rather than doing a a half hour a day, doing 15 in the morning, 15 at night, as opposed to doing it all at once?
4: Yeah,
5: I think think 30 minutes, if you can do it consecutively, is great. But for some people, they're just starting or they just may say, I don't have that much time because they're doing it in between things. I think there's no problem breaking it up. Uh, 15 minutes at a time. And what's interesting is that if you do break it up, those who want to do it that way, you end up having actually two sessions of calorie burning. So you have a calorie burning session in the morning and you have a calorie burning session at night. So there are advantages actually just putting up the workout.
1: Uh, Dr. Ian Smith, congratulations not only on Plan Power, but everything that you've been doing. If you can, if you can, uh, give us a, a quick website, social media site, and tell us about your Facebook group of Plan Power. Yeah.
5: Yeah, so my Instagram, for those who want to follow me, is at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. My website is DrIanSmith.com, spell the doctor out. And our Facebook group, which I'm in every day helping people uh, come join us, it's called Plant Power, uh, which is the name of the book.
1: Well, listen, I'll be buying it, and uh, we'll be talking about it as we let you go. Dr. Ian Smith, congrats once again. Thank you very much for being here
5: thanks man we'll send you a copy you don't have to buy it we'll send
1: you one okay wonderful wonderful flip your plate change your weight plant power and uh, again I, he makes it very simple to follow and and if you think about it 70-30 I didn't even realize that uh, we're mostly meat 70% 30% uh, vegetables just saying flip it around I don't know that you would notice the difference uh, between that uh, when in the big picture I don't think you would notice the difference uh, you know hey look uh, fast food options are are a uh, are an important aspect of it because we're on the run. I'm always on the run, and I I've, I've been running into supermarkets and uh, anytime I see a buffet and I you know everybody's uh, afraid of buffets now. But whenever I see a buffet that you could take out, uh, I like going in there because you can kind of uh, cherry pick. People are afraid because of COVID and and you know other people touching things. I think because of COVID, people have been. Um, watching their customers a little better and what they're doing. But still, I, I get it. All-you-can-eat is out for me. I mean, I, I haven't touched an all-you-can-eat place in, uh, in a long time just because, uh, you know, I don't trust myself. And uh, You try to uh, eat uh, to uh, qualify or to uh, justify the spending, whatever you're spending on that meal you're, you're trying to eat to make it a bargain or whatever. At least I used to do that and I don't. But Dr. Ian Smith is terrific. And, you know, his uh, work is the host of The Doctors in the past and so many different things. But he's uh, he's terrific. Uh, tons of books. And they're all great. He, he gets it. And he's uh, one of the leading uh, folks to to read on nutrition, on weight loss, uh, anything to do with diet and and nutrition and health. Dr. Ian Smith is a, a just a great resource. Check out Plant Power. Promises to be uh, wonderful. Flip your plate, change your weight. And uh, the uh, simple uh, four-week plan, and he always puts things in, in a very easy to understand, easy to uh, uh, to grasp way. He's terrific. Plan powers as latest. Get it, please. Uh, Dr. Ian Smith has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.
0: In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay.
2: Long Island is definitely the place for
0: you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bay's.